Hello, I'm James King and welcome to Cinema Stories, the programme that doesn't just celebrate films, it's about the whole film-going experience. From Regals to Roxies and Empires to Everymen, each week my guest tells us about the big screens that have shaped their movie-loving life. One guest, three cinema choices, lots to talk about. With me this time is Miranda Sawyer. She's a writer and broadcaster whose work has appeared in publications as varied as The Guardian, Vogue, The Face, Select, Time Out and the greatest magazine of all time, Smash Hits. She is currently radio critic for The Observer, appears regularly on TV arts programmes and has written the books Out of Time and Park and Ride, Adventures in Suburbia. So we'll get on to your first choice uh, of cinema in a moment. But first, um, I know, Miranda, you have actors in your family. Your brother's an actor, your husband's an actor. So was acting ever a career that you thought about pursuing? You're pulling a face. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, just, I just say generally, I mean, honestly, you know, Mrs. Worthington, never put your children on the stage. Acting is a terrible, terrible, terrible job. I would not recommend it to anybody. And where it, did you get that from, your brother or from your husband? Both. Right. So um, I can't, I find it quite hard to be someone else, really. I'm quite a show off. So there's an element of acting that is a show off. So that's fine. But I'm not very good at being someone else. So <laughs> that is acting, isn't it? <laughs> I can't do that. Um uh, I would I would never recommend acting as a career, I have to say, unless you're willing to also do other stuff around it. Because it, it, the problem with acting is you have no control at all. It's completely random. It's um, quite often to do with, you know, um, are you tall enough, you know, next to the other person that they have cast. It's random and it's completely demoralising because most people don't get work. Or if they get work, it doesn't lead on to something else. It always makes me laugh. When people interview actors and they go, why did you take that part? That wasn't very good. And you think, I know, I live with an actor. You take the part because you've got to earn some money. Like, you know, what are you talking about? So if anyone wanted to be an actor, I would say, do all the other stuff that you can do now on your phone. Make your own uh, films, write your own scripts, do something else as well as just being an actor. You know, there's lots of people I know who started off being an actor. You know, they did all the training and stuff like that. And then now they run a letting agency or, <laughs> you know, or, you know, they buy houses or things like that. You know, honestly, acting is a terrible job. <laughs> so for your first cinema choice, we head to Cheshire's Golden Triangle. Yes, we do. Um, and Wilmslow. What, what's going on in Wilmslow? OK, Which so Wilmslow is where I grew up. Wilmslow, if you don't know Wilmslow, it's, a, it's south of Manchester and it's like footballers' wives. That's essentially what it is. It's footballers' wives, but in Cheshire. And... In fact, I think there is a Cheshire Housewives kind of show. The Real Housewives of, of Cheshire. Cheshire. And there is yeah. a shot where it says, Welcome to Wilmslow, which is really funny because I, I don't ever remember seeing Welcome to Wilmslow anyway. But anyway, that is where I'm from. And when I grew up, it was kind of 70s and 80s. And the 80s is when I was, had my teenage years. And it wasn't the kind of place it is now. So now I think it's really commonplace for places to, for small towns or anywhere to have environments where you can go out. So, you know, not just pubs, but kind of bars and places to eat and things like that. And that wasn't really around when I was young. There was pubs or you went and sit on, sat on a bench in a park or outside Barclays Bank. You know, there wasn't really anything to do. There was a bit of youth club action, uh, but there was very little else. You know, I was into gymnastics, so I did a bit of sport. But honestly, there was nothing else to do. So what did I do? I went to the cinema because there was a really big cinema in Wimslow then called The Rex. And it was properly... It had status. You know, there's a road 
it's a kind of collection of roads, as a lot of, of, of towns are. And one of the main roads, you came in and you sat at the traffic lights and you saw the wrecks in front of you. It was really big and, and kind of welcoming. And I went there every Friday night. Any particularly memorable films that you saw there? Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, wow. Now, that's so weird. I was literally watching that at the weekend. It's Oh, my goodness. I was in bits. I'd never seen... I think... I can't remember how old I was. It must have been 14, 15. When did it come out? It was late 70s, wasn't it? Late 70s. So, yeah, maybe I was a bit, a wee bit younger, actually. So, yeah. yeah. So, maybe 13. And it absolutely blew my mind. Because, obviously, it's incredibly grown up, really, Kramer yeah. versus Kramer. But you don't quite get that. You just get that it's really, really sad. Whenever I make fried bread, I always think of yeah, the me sequence. Too. <laughs> well, he can't do it. That's yeah. literally the bit that I remember. Yeah. And <laughs> he, he puts the egg the in a mug bread. and it won't fit in the yeah. mug. Oh, yeah. The eggy bread does me every time. <laughs> and then by the end, he's really good. And she comes back. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, Kramer versus Kramer. But I mean, I saw all the when I was younger. I saw the Disney ones there. You know, my mum would take me. It has a big part in my youth, really, because it was a place I was allowed to go by myself. So I, my mum would drop me off, and I'd meet a mate, yeah. Tracy, and we would go and see a film. And it was on a Friday night, and then they would pick us up after. And but there's a relative freedom within that. You know, you go in and you sit down, and it that's fine. And I saw a few awful films. Did I see? Everything gets mixed up in my head, but I think I... When was Porky's out? Was that around Porky's? Then? Oh, that yeah. was 82. Yeah, so I may well have seen that. I mean, uh, 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 all these terrible things for my poor young brain. And, and I saw... Um, but it wasn't at the Rex. Uh, the other film that kind of blew my mind at the, at the time was uh, Poltergeist. Yeah. And that... I didn't see it at the Rex. <laughs> but I remember seeing it with some friends. And when it finished... An entire row turned around and said to me, are you all right? <laughs> I was so scared. Such a wimp. I was very, and I'm still the same actually, I get very engrossed in films. I yeah. can't be um, analytical until afterwards. You know, when I'm in a film, I'm all the way in. If it's a bad film, I find it quite hard. But if yeah. it's a good film, even if it's kind of what my mum would call tripe, like I'm way in all the but way. That's a great I way invest. to be, isn't it? That's a beautiful way to be. Yeah, it's a bit weird for a critic, though. That you don't have to step away <laughs> and go, well, was that any good? Or were you just crying because it's kind of poked you in the eye, you know? So cinema number one is The Rex in Wilmslow, which I think has just reopened, actually. It's been refurbed. Yeah, so what is really great about The Rex is what's absolutely designed for a cinema. So you went up steps and you there was a foyer and on the sides of the foyer were those places where they put black and white pictures of the films that were coming up and you walked in there was a booth where you bought your tickets it was such a fantastic cinema you walked upstairs there was a balcony I mean it was proper and they used to have kind of uh, you know pantos in you know it would stop being the cinema place and it would be a (laughs) theatre Christmas and you would have Bonnie Langford I remember seeing Bonnie Langford for some reason she had yellow legs and she looked like a little chicken and we saw Peter Purves and Boots you know whoa, things whoa, like whoa, that whoa. let's rewind a bit why did she have yellow legs I can't were remember they tights or yeah they... they were tights oh, right, they okay. were tights but she did look very much like a little chicken and yes Peter Purves and Boots which we were very excited about um, I may have followed him around Boots can you imagine anyway uh, but it, yeah, it was a beautiful environment and then when it shut it became I think some kind of furniture place yeah and then something else and now it's going to be a cinema again which will be great because it was designed for that and it was it really is a place of a lot of really great memories for me and that feeling of slight independence and status of walking up into somewhere that was grown up and was going to offer you a brilliant entertainment experience was just you know it's terrific so let's move on to number two then and Mm. we go to oxford yeah 
I was unhappy at Oxford. So I went to Oxford University yeah. and I was unhappy, which happens, you what, know. What were you studying there? Law. Okay. Double unhappiness. <laughs> so you went to Oxford planning to become a lawyer? Supposedly, yeah. I mean, God knows what I was thinking. I just started going to the Hacienda. <laughs> what I was, I don't know. What I so I turned up at Oxford. There were no nightclubs. I was pretty miserable. I made a few friends, uh, you know, but I, it was not an environment I ha- was equipped to deal with, really. It really is posh, Oxford. You know, I am posh, I think. You know, I've, my teach my parents are teachers. Yeah. I come from Wimslow. That's Golden pretty triangle. posh. Yeah? yeah. You go to Oxford, you are scum. <laughs> I was just flailing around in this environment. And I couldn't find anything I wanted to do. Like there was a couple of clubs that were all right, but not many. And I would be like, you know, because I was a student, I thought I could dot around all day. They all worked. They all worked really hard. I found one, one mate who was, of course, turned out to be an artist. <laughs> we dosed around all day. But anyway, there was a cinema there. And it was slightly off the main drag, I suppose, at where the students were. And I can't remember what it was called, but in my head it had a shark in the roof. And then I did a bit of investigation. I discovered it didn't have a shark in the roof. It had legs in the roof. Right. And the shark in the roof was somewhere else, but it yeah. was both owned by the same person. Yeah. Um, and I think you know what the cinema was called. Yes, the Moulin Rouge. The Moulin Rouge, there you yes, are. Yes, this is on Heddington Road. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And I went there, but they used to have... It was a bit like the Scala in King's Cross. It would have quite odd... Uh, films and I remember going to see the Rocky Horror Show oh, amazing yeah amazing so was it all dressed up and yeah and, we were vaguely dressed up. I yeah. didn't really realise that you were meant to be dressed up so I was vaguely dressed up I mean I wore black all the time anyway <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the awful thing I remember is in the queue to get in somebody caused a row with somebody else and a mate of mine stubbed a cigarette out on somebody's head ouch I know and even thinking about that now I think that is the world's worst yeah. thing to do like oh it's so horrible so that was a very strong <laughs> you know for ages Rocky Horror Show was kind of associated with that with me but anyway then I went into the um, cinema and the atmosphere around Rocky Horror Show was just great so it's really hard to explain because there's something a little bit I think people think it's a bit naff to go to um, the cinema and kind of act out or know mm. all the words or something like that. Uh, you know, it happens with Frozen a lot now, I think, in yeah. other films. Quite often musicals, I think. Yeah, I did I did sing along A Sound of Music once. There you go. So yeah. bit, and it, there is an element of that that's considered a bit naff, isn't it? But the thing about the Rocky Horror Show is it's just really camp. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it attracts drag queens and, you know, who would not want their, you know, evening enlivened? You know, you if you have a load of drag queens in there having a bit of a laugh, it's just a great evening. And it was really enjoyable because everyone knew all the words and I'd never really seen it. So I was like an outsider and I couldn't believe that you could have such a laugh when you were seeing a film. People standing up doing the dances. It was great. Yeah. I think my, I've done Rocky Horror Show as well. And I think both times I went in thinking this is going to be terrible. Yeah. And actually... It feels so inclusive when you're there, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And also, it's very funny, <laughs> yeah. Rocky Horror Show. And it's really subversive. And all those things that you have... I think I just went through life completely naive, you know. I would be like, oh, this is great. And, you know, I had no concept that Freddie Mercury was gay, you know. I mean, you know, anything... Was he? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just all these basic things that I would just completely miss, pass me by. And the Rocky Horror Show, I just took it on face value. I thought, there they are. And, of course, they're wearing suspenders. And, of course, he's like this. Why would he not be? And... I loved it. And then, you know, later on, I'd be kind of unpicking it, thinking, oh, that's quite interesting, really. But, I, yeah, it was fantastic. It seems a very fitting film as well for the Moulin Rouge yes, in Oxford, exactly. with its we, legs on the, on the roof. Yeah, and it was quite, yeah, there was something quite sub- subversive about that cinema. And I think the, the man who owned it, who had the shark in the roof as well, it was funny because, obviously, those kind of 
uh, establishments where you alter a house. There's nothing worse in English middle class eyes than altering your house in an incorrect manner, isn't it? You know, it's if you've got the wrong crazy paving or if you've pebble dashy outside. It's yeah. like, I mean, people will riot about oh, it, the won't they? I yeah. mean, terrible. Yeah. So to put legs on the roof or a shark crashing through the roof is just appalling. And I think the council were really, really anti him. But then, because everybody remembers it, you know, you go, oh, have you seen the house with a shark on the roof? It becomes, eventually, after a while, they accept it. Because what it reminds me a little bit is, if you know L.A., now, I love L.A. as an environment because people use the the houses and the shops, the stores, as a place to do something like that. It would be absolutely normal to have a shark crashing through a roof in L.A. Yeah. You would have, you know, you would have a shop and it would be the shape of a donut or a dog <laughs> or, you know, and that I love. It's absolutely how I think architecture should be. But because we're very um, caught up in our past and because property is what we care about, you know, by law, you know, you're much more likely to go down for you know, breaking and entering than you are for knocking somebody over in a car. Mm. You know, the, we are obsessed with property in this country, so we we have a really weird attitude to it, I think. And to see the the shark and the and the legs sticking out of the roof, it's just incredibly cheering. And those legs are now on the roof of the Duke of York's in Brighton because the Moulin Rouge is no more yeah. in Oxford, but you can still see the legs <laughs> in Brighton. That was choice number two. This is Cinema Stories with me, James King, my guest, Miranda Sawyer, and producer Phil Stocker, who's got some pearls of wisdom. Well, you say that, James. Um, (laughs) So I I feel a bit unnerved here because I'm in a room of two amazing critics, one amazing radio critic, one long-standing film critic. How long have we known each other, James? 20 years. Actually, probably is, isn't it? So in all that time, I've never tried reviewing a film. Sounds like quite a lot of fun, right? All you've got to do, watch films for free... You have to know some facts, but then you get to go home and you get paid for saying what you think. Um, So if you would be my film critic slash generic critic panel for me, that would be really helpful. I base my style on some of the greats. Baz Bambi Boy off of 90s. Gary Bushell off of 80s. He'd love to be called Gary Bushell. (laughs) It's called Bushell. Bushell. So, you know, high level critiques. Um, So basically, it turns out you only have to write one thing and then just add a genre specific twist. Bear with. So I've gone for some of the classics. Terminator 2. A futuristic, freaky, rip-roaring roller coaster of a ride. Four stars. Right? Um, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Anything goes as Indy rides again in a literally rip-roaring roller coaster temple ride. <laughs> Four stars. Worthy, perhaps Oscar nominee. Um, a moving tribute that proves one person really can make a difference. This unlikely historical roller coaster ride shows the truth is often more powerful than fiction. Four stars. Final one, same vein, maybe Pirates of the Caribbean 10 or generic nautical film. <clears throat> Definitely more swash than buckle, but if you're a salty sea dog who's a fan of the original, shiver me timbers, you'll love this. Splice the main brace and set sail for four stars. Very good, I like it. These are designed to go on the posters, aren't I think, they? I think you're very good at poster quotes. Yeah. That's what they are. And, and at tabloid journalism, there's, there's, um, there's a tabloid journalist I know, I won't name him, uh, but he always says to me, you don't need to watch the whole of the film because you can just say, to say any more about the plot would be to give it away. 
and you can just get away with it. And I think he says it genuinely, and he does always fall asleep. And he just always gives me these little get-outs of how you don't have to really work. You can just say certain things. And this will work. And this will, and it has worked for him. Oh, wow. We've just yeah. been doing it so I, wrong. I, what was also right. I don't know what one of the two. I am available, just to say. Yeah. I like Thank the roller both. coaster because the, the, the films that I can't stand are the ones that are like roller coasters because I feel like there's no room for me. So they put you in, it's like yeah. they sit you in a seat and you go up and down, up and down at the end and you have exactly the same experience as everyone else. And that drives me mad. Actually, so a quote saying this is a roller coaster. Yeah. Right, would be, be the like, one thing you don't want. I'd be like, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Phil. We move on to your last choice, Miranda. So we head to London, a London classic. Yes, Brixton Ritzy. So I live in Brixton and I have done for uh, over 30 years. Oh, my goodness. Seen a lot of changes. <laughs> yes, seen a lot of changes, but that's quite weird. But the Ritzies always stayed the same, actually, weirdly. I mean, not entirely. They did expand it. When I first came, there was just one big cinema. And, you know, I mean, you literally could walk in with a cup of tea. I had a friend who lived, you know, by, on the road next to the cinema and you just, she just used to walk in with a cup of tea. It was fine. They didn't mind. Um, and then they expanded in there. Now I've got, I think, five or six um, screens and they've got a bar at the top where they have gigs and parties and stuff. Anyway, it's a constant. And um, it has now become a kind of place where people meet to have a drink as well because you can sit outside and it's pretty central in Brixton. And they've got, like quite good pizzas and stuff. They had a kill list pizza. That made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Explain the connection to kill list. (laughs) Okay, so my husband was in kill list. He is called Michael Smiley and he plays one of the hitmen in in kill list. He's remarkably disturbing in kill list. Yes, I mean, it's just awful. I can't watch the blooming thing. I can't watch it. I read the script and I went to the premiere and I I knew what was going to happen. In the last half an hour, I just looked at my knees because I knew what was going to happen. I mean, he, he does. He's very good at sort of slightly dodgy geezers, isn't he? Yeah, maybe he's slightly dodgy geezer. But how are you? So generally speaking, you're right with watching him. (laughs) Yes, fine. I mean, he basically the 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 only problem with watching him in films is he always dies. So I mean, literally, there's very. I mean, we can count on one hand the time when he doesn't die, really. But such is life. (laughs) Still here, really. (laughs) So there was a kill list. Kill list. Incidentally, if you've never seen it, it's absolutely brilliant. This is Ben Wheatley. It is. It's Ben Wheatley. It is really, really good. But it's really scary. I mean, you know, if you don't like scary films, don't watch it. Really. And not an obvious film for there to be a themed pizza. A pizza. Yeah, exactly. I know pizza using lots of tomatoes. It's just a bit mingy, isn't it? So is that what it featured then? Lots of blood, like. Yeah, I didn't look. I didn't check it out. Yeah, bits of chorizo. So all chopped up, you know, horrible. Anyway, um, (laughs) you could make it really revolting, couldn't you? But anyway, the Ritzy is a great cinema in terms of it's just a really nice environment to watch lots of films. You know, they they still have a really enormous main cinema where I've watched all sorts, you know, uh, whether it's the superhero films or, you know, when I had my children, they have the screenings where you can take a kid. And I remember watching, what's the biopic... um, the Johnny Cash biopic. Oh yeah, Walk the Line. Yeah, with my yeah. baby, which is yeah. quite right, quite sweet, really. It's quite a grim film, but you know, the baby doesn't care, just chuntering away. And yeah. there's lots of other other babies chuntering away. <laughs> you know, whenever the music comes on, they chunter a bit louder. It's quite well, sweet. I mean, the mother and baby screening's a big deal now. Yeah, I, I'm not uh, a parent, let alone a mother, and I've never been, obviously, never been to one of those screenings. Yeah. What, what's the? Are you comfortable with them? I mean, you're a film fan, so do you not get frustrated? Oh, it's at just so nice to get out of the house. Honestly, when when they're that age, you just want to get out of the house. And you want to be in an environment where you don't feel embarrassed if they start crying. Right. Right. Because they do. You yeah. know, babies cry and actually you get hardened to it and you kind of think, you know, and when people give you the look, you're just like, what, do you want me to take the batteries out? Really? You know, like they, but it, to be in an environment where they're allowed to cry and chunter and you're allowed to watch, get some culture in is really 
important I, f- I found so I've got two children the second child I just took her out all the time I used to get up and then we would go to the Tate or I'd go to a screening or just get out and actually do adult things because she was small enough to fall you know to be asleep or to sit on my knee and it was fine it's a bit annoying when they start walking you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> but anyway the Ritzy is really great I have a slight problem with it is in that it's owned by Picture House now and there's a kind of dispute between Picture House and the, its staff about yeah, a living an wage ongoing thing right and that I have a big problem with really um and it taints my beautiful relationship with the ritzy and i wish they would sort it out because literally all they have to do is play the living london living wage that would really help and Mm. wouldn't be shouldn't be that hard it is a massive company but aside from that it's an absolutely brilliant place what it does now is there's a board outside um and it puts messages up so it, it advertises all the films but it will also i think for a small fee you know you know you can propose to your girlfriend or boyfriend there or do happy birthdays and things like that which i always think is awful <laughs> that's because i'm a horrible old git so when michael pays a lot of money to say happy birthday miranda he would there. never do that in a million years <laughs> this is why we're together we're both grumpy <laughs> and cynical and think those things are terrible <laughs> we once went to um we knew we, we you know we've been together for many many years but we knew we, we were kind of made for each other we went to a play and it was a play that everybody thought was absolutely hilarious and brilliant and won five stars and was you know over and over and again we were sitting on the luckily on the final two seats in the back row and about 20 minutes in i went what do you think of it and i won't swear but he said it's he hated it and I went I hate it too it's really rubbish and we got up and left and had a really nice meal and the ho- everyone else in the whole place howling I mean weeping with joy they thought it was brilliant so it's a marriage made in it's a marriage cynical made in, heaven yes in grumpiness <laughs> <laughs> well, the Ritzy was actually open it's an old cinema isn't it open in 1911 it's the electric pavilion it's had lots of different names but the Ritzy now it, it was originally called the little bit Ritzy oh isn't that, that great I never knew that that's why it's now known as the Ritzy Oh, that's great! So it's a bit—it's got a bit of sauce around it. Oh, exactly. it's a bit zhuzhy. Yeah, I think definitely in the eighties as well. There was a lot of sort of. Um... Well, it did feel like when I first moved to Brixton. I mean, I've always loved Brixton um, for very for various reasons, mostly because there's always people there. So if you're freelancer, like you, there's always people to talk to. It's not yeah. like somewhere like Fulham where everyone leaves and you're left with wandering around tile shops or something. Like <laughs> it's it's always been full of freelancers and market traders and hustlers, and it's a, it's just a brilliant place Brixton but the Brixton Ritzy always used to make me laugh because it was one of the reasons why people who didn't live in Brixton came to Brixton so they would go to the Ritzy or they would go and see a gig really that was the two reasons why they came to Brixton and um, it, so it's always seen yeah it's slightly as a cut above you know you could come to Brixton if you went to the Ritzy and then you'd scurry away whereas now of course Brixton is they're trendy and everybody wants to come but before that it was just the Ritzy really So we've been talking about the Brixton Ritzy, the uh, Moulin Rouge sadly no more in Oxford and First Cinema which is back, back, it's, back, back it's, the Rex. it's redone and refurbed and rebooted the Rex uh, in Wilmslow Miranda Sawyer thank you so much Oh, It's an absolute pleasure The awesome Miranda Sawyer there. I've loved her writing since the halcyon days of smash hits. Surprisingly happy to be interviewed in what was pretty much a cupboard first thing on a Monday morning. Uh, Of course, check out her features in The Observer every week. And we are on social media too, at Cinema Stories Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. You'll see a pic of myself and Miranda on there, a little bit of a height difference. Uh, Do get in touch. I would love to hear about your favourite cinemas too. And don't forget to subscribe, to rate, to review, to tell the world about this podcast, Cinema Stories. Thanks for listening, and another episode will be on its way next Wednesday.